to Democracy and its Discontents here with Culture. That's Culture with three T's. The only podcast making a solemn pledge to good content. Tune in for the hottest takes on Volcel Socialism, Islamic Futurism, and WWE sex cults. And that green stuff Hillary coughed up in 2016. I'm Saren Zakarian, here today with my friend Bryce Rockwell. Listen now, bitch. I don't know, what do we call your part of the country? Uh, I have no idea what, what to even describe it as. I would say it's just kind of like techno-capitalist clown hell world. Oh, clown world. I mean, clown, clown world um, covers all of the United States, I think. Yeah, I think so. We've started the political 2020 season. We got our clown shoes on. We got our clown makeup on. We're ready to um, watch the watch the drones parade out onto the big screen. I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. Who, you, who are you rooting for right now? Of the people who've declared, Java man? Well, here's the thing. It's like Trump has kind of done his presidential duty in sort of fracturing open this kind of like neoliberal paradigm into which we can actually model or have a framework of some vision of outsideness. And I think this is kind of where neo-reaction and maybe Marxism actually, where, where they both meet in the center of the road is this idea of creating of an alternative world of a, of a true outsideness. But the only issue that I personally have is like, is, you know, Trump has done his duty here. He's fully fulfilled his obligation to this. But unless you have sort of like some inside wrecking ball within the other side of the polarity, which is would be the Democratic Party, then we're never going to see this unipolarity or this sort of like new world of I guess, fragmentation and reunification in some sense that we that we should see, because the problem is, is like we've we've kind of like elevated the wrong gods, like the the gods that we have yeah, now. We need to go back to the H.P. Like Lovecraft these, uh, you know? gods of the old world, Cthulhu. Well, no, we do. Yeah, we do. Or at least, you know, Parmenides and, uh, you know, Socrates. But we've elevated the insta thoughts, you know, because that's 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 what generates, you know, the desire for commodification. So I'm actually, you know, I'm leaning whether Trump runs or not. I'm actually leaning towards Tulsi because she's the only person with the fucking balls who can do that to the other side. Yeah, I was talking to I was talking to a Russian professor last um, last night, yesterday evening. You know, he's been in the U.S., I don't know, like 30 years, but he still doesn't speak great English, but I really like him a lot. And um, he was talking about Tulsi saying that that's who he wants to, to win. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. She's a badass. She was, she's a vet, right? Yeah, she's a vet. You know, she's done her duty. And it's funny because people kind of talk to her like she has no clue on policy and that she's some, somehow paid off. It's like, you know, it would be very easy with somebody with, with some sort of foreign military background to sort of excavate that claim. You know, so a lot of it is just basically, I think, out of principle. And I think that she like it. She nominally has some sort of constitution and understanding of these things at sort of like a deeper level, because like the rest of the Democrats are just a fucking joke. Speaking of Marxism and NRX coming together, I said, did you see the Tucker Carlson salon interview? Oh, oh, yeah, totally. I loved it. I mean. I mean, I, I've basically been saying this for years. He's he's essentially the the Christopher Lash of our of our generation, in that his conservatism is 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 a nominal haven. You know, Lash wrote the book Haven in a Heartless World, which kind of describes the notion of a nuclear family, which is kind of like this 
I guess at this point, you know, in because of our clown, our dire clown situation, that's considered a reactionary stance. But if anything, it's almost become the embrace of the family has almost become like a revolutionary stance. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And the thing, I mean, he keeps he keeps talking about how um Latino families are, you know, the the largest sort of group of people in the United States who are pro-family. And it's like, you know, these are not, this is not the democratic base that people think it is. No, not at all. And so, so in a lot of ways you can actually frame this as, which is what I've said is that, and you know, I think that salon article is interesting because I, I had no idea that any salon interviewer would sort of bring up Abraham Lincoln and his his quotes on you know labor as sort of like the prerequisite for the market and i think that i think that's pretty i think that's a really important point to intimate is that it's not necessarily like you know just because you might think that you know neoliberal capitalism is this kind of like you know deviant clownish situation doesn't mean that you're somehow striving for some true horizontalism it means that basically we've elevated certain people to the roles of gods and kings and masters. Speaking and of, we've, speaking of, how about um, how about our our prince, our king, Roger Stone? Oh yeah, I gotta give a. Sh- I, 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 if we're gonna do it, I was thinking about doing a segment at the end of like best of, and I gotta say best of T-shirt. If anyone's in the T-shirt market right now, everyone go out and get a Roger Stone did nothing wrong shirt. I want to see everybody wearing those. Yeah. I I I should cop one myself yeah. because he's he's quite the he's quite the character. Well, know? I want to see one. I w- I want to make one or have someone make one in like um in like a death metal font, you know, like hardly readable. And it's like, you know, he's like covering the shirt and it's really elongated. That would be really cool. Yeah, like a like sort of like this viney dark throw. Yeah, 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 exactly. Free like free Roger Stone. Yeah, yeah. I I like uh, look, Balenciaga. I don't know if you followed. Balenciaga did did that collab with Bernie. Um, what I guess it was in 2016. I wonder who who do you think who's the brand to go to do like I don't know some Trump collection or something next next season. I would have to say it's like kind of clout world rap of yeah. some sort. You know, yeah. I, I would say that that I would I would say maybe. Maybe something like that. To me, that that kind of makes the most sense. Yeah, I but mean, the the, the, again, the Kanye it, thing is so tired already. I feel like it's not even a. There's nothing even to say about it anymore. I'm not really interested in that. It was an interesting cultural phenomena for a second, and I think it's still definitely it definitely has its its validity. I just think that we you could push it a little bit further because now it's kind of been so re-territorialized that it's like everybody's got the fucking, you know, Kanye shoes. It'd be cool to have, you know, an alternative. Dude, to those that. shoes suck. I don't understand why people like those, especially those um I was looking at the Air Yeezys. I think they they're called. They're like Adidas, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those fucking those they're suck. good. You like those? Oh, they're super comfortable. I've tried them on. They're like slippers, right? They're high. They're high quality. Okay. Well, the three fifties are are kind of the wackest Yeezys. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know the wack. difference between the different Yeezys. I think the the wave the wave runners are pretty sick. I think those are. I think I think those are fucking. I'm a classic man. I'm a Rockport guy myself. I got. I like. Um, I don't know. Old school. You know. I like old black uh, working shoes. I'm a working man. No, I'm not really. Working yeah. Man. Yeah. 
Um, you dude, I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, this isn't, I don't know if this is my own point. I think I might've scooped this up from someone else, but, um, so I don't want to take full credit for it, but I think there's always the possibility that Roger Stone is a fed. I'm, I'm interested in the psyop narrative with Roger Stone where he called, he called the cops on himself basically. So he could do the Nixon peace signs. Cause he was just like, he's just getting bored and broke. I love, I like Roger Stone, but I'm, I'm suspicious. You know, I, someone said that and I was like, yeah, it's probably true. Cause like, look, it's, I think we're getting to the point where, I mean, maybe this is my um, Kant body in paranoia setting in, but it's possible that nearly everything is a psyop at this point. And I, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know. I don't know where the truth is. I think, I think we can find truth within, within difference. So, I mean, in order, in order to actually excavate truth, we need it. We need to set forth a precedent of difference. So it's yeah, like, yeah. we're kind of, you know, actually, if you're going to talk about Reza, you know, it's like languages of art um, by Nelson Goodman. Like in order for us to actually figure out what is truth, how the mind functions, how the heart functions, how things representationally function outside of, you know, some sort of like abstracted philosophical discourse, you actually need a model of differentiation, which is which kind of which kind of explains a Trump phenomena. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, we're mi- we're missing a few levels of abstraction there, but I kind of I follow what you're saying. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, this is this is kind of what to, to make it more concrete. I guess it's what Tucker was saying in the interview a little bit about how, like, you know, there are differences, obviously, among race, gender, um, class, etc. But what we really need to hone in on is the class one. If we want to, like, change things then we shouldn't be focusing on id Paul because it's it's not a sort of unifying principle that's going to bring people together, obviously. And it doesn't even acknowledge difference in the way that difference should be acknowledged. It doesn't even really see difference as something irreducible. You know, it like thinks everything can be made into this sort of flat plane of undifferentiated matter. Um, that's and which is also the, that that it, that becomes the clown world. So I think latching on to the sort of the the class aspect is is probably the most i don't know the most redeeming principle that i can see for like people running in 2020 if that's what if that's what you know even if that's what the democratic party does then i'll be interesting to hear what they have to say yeah but i think one of the things that we kind of have to be wary about is socialism as as sort of like an economic platform within the framework of this kind of like neoliberal paradigm it's like when you see ocasio cortez and she's talking about her makeup yeah you know, and her, her, her cosmetic routine, it's very, very, very easy to slip these kind of like liberalist tropes through the back door. So, so I think, I think we have to, we have to be really wary of these. Right, things right, right. Because it's like, is this shit, like this shit isn't going anywhere. So I think it's like, again, it's like, we really have to identify the true reactionaries within this kind of left canon. Because, because because there there are some dead giveaways. I mean, like you know, and I think I think as soon as we start identifying these things as like in like initial like these kind of initial inclining pathologies, then we can kind of like see well how how are these quote unquote DSA kind of champagne trust fund socialists just how are they going to slip woe capital through the back door? You know, like that's that's the problem. I, I don't even mind seeing these candidates on the left be try to apply to uh, Gen Z or millennials or whatever you want to call it with these sort of 
wildly uncreative social media campaigns, but I think it would be funny if they went like, you know, over the edge, like Beto skateboarding in the Whataburger parking lot is, is stupid. But if it was like Beto BMXing in, um, I don't know, like, like with Takashi six, nine or something, I would, then I would be more sold on it, you know? Yeah, totally. It's just, they need to get more creative. They need to drop that dude. I was, I was rewatching the, um, the Hillary, hot sauce in my bag video the day and i was just you know i was like i'm in tears oh, yeah. that's so good oh yeah i always uh keep it with me hot i think it's good for your health i just think it's good for you pokemon go to the polls <laughs> i really hope she runs again dude it'll make my year yeah i mean she's not gonna win no. so so i mean you know why not why not do it just for the spectacle well that's what i was that was really demoralizing to hear recently i guess i mean i'm always demoralized about politics i guess but it was it was upsetting in a way to hear people on the left talking about how um starbucks guy what is his name schultz or schwartz yeah yeah how he's yeah running. about yeah schultz um how howard schultz if he runs you know he's gonna just create a clear pathway for trump to get reelected, and it's like oh well you're just totally you're you're just totally discarding with the facade that any kind of actual democracy, um, you know, they, that you care about having any kind of even remnant of democracy. You only want this sort of ridiculous, retarded two party system because even the idea of a third party candidate and independent running, like you know, you, you just have this knee jerk reaction that is like, oh, you're you're ruining everything for us. You know, it was like it's upsetting. Well, it's upsetting because people people seem to think that that actually matters. What do you mean the third party? That the third party matters? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think people it's it becomes an easy scapegoat if you want to look at this kind of like skepticism or psyop, you know, and, and, and I sort of lean towards actually not being a skeptic in a lot of ways, because, you know, if you want to go the Kantian route, um, hit me, hit me. There's a I mean, you know, it's like there's a there's a lot of reason to doubt many things, but our skepticism needs to actually be rooted in, in these in verifiable claims, which is kind of the interesting thing is like so much of these things that people say are psyops, a lot of them are true because you can just look them up and they're literally, you know, there's actually a truth procedure to actually verify some of these claims. I get my truth. I only go to, I don't, I don't trust like uh, Snopes or any, I get my truth from um, Facebook and 4chan. Well, that's the thing with Snopes is that there's inherent political bias in its apparatus of, of truth procedure. Maybe people should just use rap genius for truth, you know, go to like the where they break down the lyrics for you. That's that's really where people should be finding their like most valuable truths is in what um I don't know what little baby means when he says, um, I don't know. Well, there's there's this little there's this little Tracy lyric that I that I actually is has struck oh, tell me, me. Where, he, where he talks about how he dropped out of high school. And uh, he didn't care what teachers do, and now he's good enough to be teaching. Oh, you. damn! Yeah, I thought I thought I thought that was kind of a cool way because you know, I mean, I'm all for the absolute destruction of state education. I mean, I just I want it to all crumble to the ground. I think it's completely unsalvageable. I think these things, these old institutions, they just absolutely have to burn. Yeah, we need to go back to we need to go back to like a Rousseau, a Rousseauian education where you. Um, what is it? What's the book about? Is it Emile? 
Emil, but Jean-Jacques Rousseau writes, he's like, we need to go, everyone should be homeschooled. Well, maybe not everyone, but most people should be homeschooled and you should create these sort of fictitious situations where your child thinks that they're learning something, but really you have the parameters set so they can never actually hurt themselves. But they think that they're approaching death or danger and that's how they learn. So, I mean, obviously we need to go back to these sort of enlightenment figures. Not that, you know, we, we don't, not that we think the enlightenment was good, but some of the enlightenment writing is good. Yeah, some of some of it's great. I mean, some of it's horrible. You know, the dictionary for one. What? Who the fuck needs a dictionary? Make up your own words. Well, we don't. Well, this <laughs> is the thing. In order, in, in in order to have actual rigor and and actually re, reframe and restructure things, there needs to be a set of parameters in which you know we can garner and we can look towards for these things to actually be applicable in a universalist sense, like, which is why, you know, this, this descent into pure relativism, it's like, great. I understand that there are strong philosophical arguments to basically for relativism. Yeah. For, for just pure relativism. There's, there's a very strong argument for it no, in man, terms no, of nominalism is like the, you know, the worst thing that's happened. To- well, no, it's, but it's, but it's horrible in how it functions. It's, it's horrible in how it functions. So did you follow this stuff about um, all the BuzzFeed and HuffPo workers getting laid off. It seemed to be all over the uh, the TL, the timeline lately, because everyone was happy to see people writing quizzes um, unemployed. But, you know, I've already, I've said this to you before, and I always think it's sort of upsetting when people, I don't like these people. I'm, I even supposedly, I heard recently that this guy, Joe Bernstein of BuzzFeed is like a nice guy. Um, he's the one who got a million dollar extreme kind of canceled. So I have the sort of reason to be happy when these people get their jobs taken away, but I still, I never really, it's, it, I never really get the shot in Florida that I should get from it because it's like, this is the reason why I don't like, um, leftists like who are, you know, it's like this sort of distinction between narcs and cops on the left and then the right, which is supposedly this more anarchic libidinal, um, let people do what they want thing. So it's like when people on the left lose their jobs, it's, for me, it's not that as nice as it could be. Of course, because the root of the problem is that they're still cultivating this culture of ruthless careerist opportunism by proxy of self-cannibalization. This is, this is the whole issue is that it's how we identify reactionaries of the left. And this is how we identify very sort of bad, toxic characters of the left or of, of any sort of political orientation is that you have to understand that like it, it's basically a, it's a construct even though that Bernstein guy got fired for intimating a very sort of woke leftist identity politic he at one point said that all white men should be all cis straight white men should be murdered i don't know oh, if no i think cis. that was someone else i don't think that was joe We'll have to get the we'll have to get the intern to fact check this. No, it says um, it says uh, Bernstein urged people to kill a straight white man on your way to work, <laughs> outlining basically how he thinks the middle class man needs to be dethroned in American society, as if they haven't undergone enough punishment. And this is this is the whole problem: the woke capital model that Tucker actually correctly points this out underlying you know you can change a tax code you know you can change things you you can make capital you can make a more equitable material world but the problem is is even when people who give woke leftist takes are mm-hmm. getting fired it's because they're still being applied a sort of pressure 
from the reaction of another side, whether you get fired, because who is that guy from NPR? He got fired for posting the last tango in Paris, the rape scene. Oh, with, did he uh, really? Yeah, there was a guy who got who got Best um, scene of the movie. It's the butter the butter scene, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Brando and the rape scene, the last tango in Paris. So there was a guy who got fired from NPR for posting that on his on his Twitter timeline, claiming that he was a misogynist, this and that. But it's basically like you can you can say, and actually Zizek pointed this out. He's like, you can say one bad joke and get fired in this kind of like Me Too, I'd pull politically correct, you know, neoliberal era. But ruthless careerism. Right. Yeah, I saw it, this quote. This was on the red screen, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I think it might have been. I'm not sure, but 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 um, but ruthless careerism is somehow like okay when people are getting this this pressure from the left. You're still you're still in the same dimension, so it's only it's so you're not actually changing the 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 structure of this kind of call out culture. You're, you're, yeah, you're only reapplying it to another side, which actually makes it just as bad because you know another four years comes around, you know who who knows where we can descend if this keeps coming out. So in order for this to change, this sort of insanity of woke capital kind of help facilitate this environment where it just became so obviously clear. But that's that's also why you have more and more reactionaries coming from the left now, which I've noticed in the last three months, which I didn't even notice a year ago. You know, it's it's changed kind of monumentally recently. And you also see things on the right, which are confusing. Like, I mean, Bannon's been hitting this point home for a while now, but he always talks about how the Me Too movement, or I think he calls it the Time's Up. He refuses to say Me Too, but he'll say the Time's Up movement has, you know, the, the most power that any social movement of our era has had. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a big horseshoe theory person, but I yeah, do well, think what the that- fuck is, you know, We should just dispel with that term like once and for all, because everyone always, it's all, it's so cliche to use and no one ever wants to use it because they're always like, the horseshoe theory is bullshit. So, but there's something to be said for um, intensity on the left and the right and some sort of crossover, but it's not a horse. We'll call it like, I don't know, a solar system or- like who on the left and the right? Because you know there there are obviously- a pair of bo- the boxer brief theories, yeah, where it's like uh, I don't know, you have like three different circles on the the two legs and the waist. That's my theory <laughs> of politics. It's like a vector vector space yeah. boxer briefs. The whole the whole notion of neo reaction, as Nick Land kind of points out, is that it's it's not about going back. It's not actually this sort of nativist blood and soil orientation. Of- of, of ethical good, but but the way I would almost point out in in sort of my definition of reactionary would be sort of an ethical orientation to the absolute totality or cosmology of nature itself, which would be the 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 conservation of you know inherent you know political biases that are kind of just abstract themselves from the entropy of what nature could be. So this is what we have to do is like, you know, whether you see like some Antifa fucking retard, you know, bashing some guy's head in, he's clearly a reactionary. Whether you see some guy like, you know, some neocon rhino guy. There's a difference between reactionary and reactive forces. So there's like reactivism and then there's reactive or so. There's some distinction between and we're now in like the Nietzschean world um, of what what. Uh, Nietzsche calls active and reactive forces and active forces are good. And I think NRX 
uh, falls on the side of active force, whereas something like Antifa falls on the force of react. One of the actual critiques of of somebody like Land is that he's never actually been able to escape his own sort of Marxian paradigm. Yeah, he's moved into esoteric sinofuturism, is what I call it. Exactly, and he, you know, if if you look at where he lives, he lives in you know Shanghai, Shanghai so that right. would. Is he a so, teacher? It's it's. I'm not really sure what he does. Uh, he writes travel books. Really, that's yeah. Cool, which man. is not, not a bad job. No, it's not at all. You know, I had a theory. I think Nick. I think Nick is the um, the CRISPR baby doctor. Oh, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think they're the same person because, dude, riddle me this: Have you ever seen Nick Land and CRISPR baby doctor in the same room at the same time? I have not. I haven't either. And, you know, here you, we have the, the doctor goes missing and all of a sudden Nick Land is still there. So I'm not saying I'm not saying it's true, but I'm saying we should get someone to look into it. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't heard that one, but yeah. it, it's definitely possible. Well, it's also, you know, a lot of people had the theory that that Land actually wrote Cyclonopedia. Right. No, I remember that. Or I don't I, I, I have read about I was kind of before my time, but I read about people thinking that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing, but... Dude, what about you know, this? Let me throw something at you right now. Um, who is Ted Bundy? You know, is this guy... And did you watch the video? Did you watch the four-part documentary on Netflix? I bet you probably didn't. I haven't, no. It's not that good. I don't know why Pete Conbot was talking about it, and it seemed like it was culturally relevant, so I, I spent, um, what was it, all of Monday watching it, and I missed my... I missed an, class to, to watch this documentary but um it wasn't that exciting i don't know why it was so popular but you know maybe this guy in the ted bundy documentary is not even ted and we're watching we're, we're watching some i don't know some time traveling nick land go back to try to uh reinvigorate the fuck i don't know man i got nothing here i i don't know i think it's just white privilege that's what i'm going with that's what well, I think you know, I, I, thesis well, 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 everything I've read about it from these sort of kind of like boring, you know, mainstream, you know, journals in terms of review is which it's it's sort of like frames it as this like, you know, like libidinal fascination with the profane. Now, obviously, like nothing on Netflix is going to like actually fucking freak me out, you know, because like you go into a DM chat room with me and my friends. You, you want to hear some fucked up shit? I mean, I just got a, I just got a miss, I just got a wrong call from a number. Sorry, it was an uh, old lady in um, the unnamed state that I reside. This stuff, it's recycled culture or whatever. There's no, there's nothing exciting new. There's nothing new under the sun. Blah blah blah. People are still talking about the same boring serial killers that they were. We need, we need to get like a Richard Ramirez documentary, or you know, we need. I take that back. We need a Gilles de Ray documentary. Are you are you familiar with the no. killer Gilles de Ray? Wait, who is de Ray? Is the he is a medieval um, French? Yeah, he was a, he was the killer of children. Right. He killed he killed like yeah. up to maybe three hundred kids or something. And Bataille tried to write a biography about him. I believe. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, we, need, yeah no. we need to get a Netflix series on Gilles de Ray, dude. <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty hard considering he was born like the 1400s. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it would actually be interesting because, you know, a lot of my theory is that because of this condition we're in now, times that predate modernity and industrialization and actually like agrarian culture in general seem almost more futuristic than 
how we as a society envision future today. I mean, they're so alien, you know? Yeah. So no, I, I, of, I see what you mean. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, what, dude, uh, Da Vinci invented the helicopter, right? I read that once. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you want to have the recommendation corner? You, what's your book that you want to recommend? Languages of Art by Nelson Goodman. And then I'll also recommend, you know, K-Punk Anthology by Mark cool. Fisher. Yeah. I got Red. that, but I never actually read much of it. It was, uh, I guess it was a bit too overwhelming for me, but um, I did. Yeah, I just it. got, I, I actually just got this thumb drive that's oh, shaped nice. like a, with uh, all of his old sort of blog PDFs in it. Yeah, it's on the, if anyone's on the, um, I won't say the website because I don't want to ruin, I don't want it to get taken down, but if anyone's on the academic website, pseudo-academic website that you get everything for free, well, well, now it's just confusing. If anyone's on, you know what I'm talking about, K-Punk is on there. Is it academia.edu? No, are you fucking with me? No, no man, yeah, it's like I am, the, it's the, I, I am fucking with you, of course. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's stupid shit. Like, it's the, um... That's amateur hour. I mean, <laughs> it's the whatever the invite only site that I will not name. I know what you're talking about. Real but, uh, what, G's only. You, you've been you've been listening to that new Blade mixtape, also. Yeah, what's it? What's it called? I paid for it. It was the first time I paid for it in like five years. It's got um. Is it Trash like, Island or? No, no, no. It's it's the new one. Um, Ice Dance. Ice, Ice Dancer, Dancer. Ice Dancer. Yeah, no, I, that's it. I bought that one. Um, off his Bandcamp. Oh, it's so good. It's good, man. Um, I, you know, I got a bunch of Blade at the same time, so I've been exploring it all at the same time, and I like ever since a lot better as an album. Yeah, yeah White Armor, and the and this one is um, I fucking forgot who produces the new Ice Dancer record. Um, it's not one of the guys it? in the crew, is it? No, no, it's this guy from Aust- Oh, Rip Squad. Rip Squad. Rip Squad. Okay, yeah. Australia. Well, the production's really good. It's just I'm not. I I feel I don't I don't know. It's like a different. It honestly, dude, it does not feel. It does not just doesn't seem as good to me. Well, it's it's kind of like it's quasi psytrance sounds. Yeah, and it's like more. I don't know. Like ever since his emo, you know, and it has these like even pop punk elements in it. Well, it's dark. Yeah, you know it, it. nocturnal it's it's like it's for it almost sounds kind of like and it has guitar riffs yeah it's like it's like black metal like rap sure but like and then and then um rips the rip the ice dancer one by rip squad is like way more like uh cloud rap yeah it's, it was, yeah it's it's way more pop it's more accessible yeah but i like top man i really like the song top man oh, Man's great. I don't shop at Top Man. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't shop at Top Man either. So yeah, dude. I I, ne- I, w- I went into a Top Man once in um. I think I was in Spain, and everything was too tight. You know, they make all these tight clothes. It's just <laughs> I've never I've never tried it on. Yeah, it's for chavs. It's like chav style. You know. Yeah. All right. What else? We got the Roger Stone shirt. Everyone get your Roger Stone shirt. Um, yeah. I gotta say, if you're looking for a documentary, fuck the Ted Bundy documentary. It's rehashed old material. It's recycled content. It's not good content. You gotta go to Fire Fraud. You gotta watch your Fire documentaries. And I'm not just talking Netflix or I'm not just talking Hulu. I'm talking both because they got their own content for each. Um, released two days apart. Go watch your Fire documentaries. Learn about the entrepreneurial genius Billy McFarland and his uh, 
conniving ways because um i love that did you watch that I, i've been so busy that i'm completely out of the loop what are you doing you know a bunch of different shit <laughs> uh, but, but none of it is centered on on current events all right, all right. which is which is kind of where where my sort of like uh my naivete kind of creeps in but um, Lord, yeah I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to get to it. I got some fucking free time finally. Like, you know, I'm just looking at these Top Man fits. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean if we're going to have a website shout out, go to Top Man, go buy some tight jeans like a, a A1 bomber jacket in green, get one of those European soccer style haircuts, get a fixed gear, get a sling bag, move to Boston. Um <laughs> I don't know, man, buy a gun, what <laughs> I I got to recommend as a book, which I just got today, is the the German version of Serotonin, the new Michelle Wellbeck novel. Uh, that shit's going to pop off. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, sure. again, probably like, okay, Michelle Wellbeck is like the only content creator who can recycle content and make it still so good and so entertaining. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah, me too. He's great. You're listening to Gay Retards in the Morning on NPR uh, Montana. Um, what else? Uh, <laughs> Vladimir Lenin is a huge faggot. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. What else? Uh, anything else that we have to drop? Shout out. Do you want to give any shout outs? I, I don't have anything. You know, delete your account. Buy a balaclava, probably get a get a legal open carry permit, um, or or you know, concealed carry if you can do that. Buy stockpile all the guns you can, etc. Um, and don't engage with bad content. Don't watch Stranger Things. Don't pay attention to JK Rowling. I was gonna say HP Lovecraft. Uh don't watch Bird Box on Netflix. You know, keep the bad content out and keep the good content flowing into your brain. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs>